Hello and welcome to a special edition of the In The Money Players podcast. We're actually offering up some uh, midweek racing coverage on this show for Thursday at Colonial Downs. Big, big week there with the uh, Arlington Million card on Saturday. We're going to have a special show for that as well. But uh, And we'll do a little preview um, at the end of this show, looking at some of the big names that are going to be turning up there. Very excited to be working with Colonial Downs uh, for the first time. So we appreciate their support and excited to be talking about their races and to talk about them with us. Man who uh, really focuses on this track. I think the first work he ever did for us here on the In The Money Media Network was covering Colonial Downs, which he's doing again this year. You can read his analysis for free over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. He's Michael Domable. Michael, what's going on? Things are great, Pete. We've uh, got a busy summer coming up. Uh, got, like I, like you mentioned earlier, the million card. I'm, I'm local to to Virginia, so I'll be in attendance uh, on Saturday to see uh, grade one racing come to Virginia. And then not too long from now, I'm shipping up to Saratoga for uh, for Travers Day. So it'll be a fun August of, of racing for me. Oh, that's terrific. Didn't realize you were going to be here at Traverse Day. Do you have your, your accommodations all set up, or should I keep an ear to the ground if I hear of a situation for you? No, we, it's an annual trip for, for me and my dad. So uh, we, we booked the hotel uh, 364 days ahead of time so that we can stay in the same place every year and, and get, get in our routine and, and, uh, and hit it every year. It's, it's, uh, it's one, of, one of the more special trips we do every year. Very fun. I want to hear about the Colonial Downs racing experience, though. What is your typical racing day like there? Where do you like to hang out? Uh, so Colonial Downs, obviously, it's a lot a smaller property than, uh, in terms of the uh, the fan experience, smaller property than Saratoga, which I think that allows you to be able to 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 get a lot closer access to to the, some of the equine athletes um, than you would at Saratoga. At Saratoga, you got a you got a mad dash to get near the paddock. Uh, um, early in the morning and to get, to get that spot. Uh, but at Colonial, it's a little bit more laid back. You can get, you can go right up to the paddock, um, 15 minutes before post and, and see the, see the horses up close. Um, they, it's, it's there, it's part, um, you know, they've got the racetrack and then they also have the, the historical horse racing machines as well. So, um, it, it's a pretty nice, uh, experience because, uh, just of how close you can get to, to, to the action. Very cool. Let's dive into some of these races, and then we'll give a quick little preview of some of the horses we expect to see this weekend for that Arlington Million Day card. Things kick off here in race number five that we're going to be talking about. It starts off with Virginia bred Phillies and Mares, um, three and up here, going five and a half. And for this sequence, I hope you like Turf Sprints, which I actually happen to. So I'm, I'm excited. I wish I was a little more creative, though. So what I'm hoping is... That, you know, I'll use my sort of more master of the obvious opinions, maybe couple them with some creative opinions of yours and uh, construct some A-B tickets and try to take down this late pick five that has just a 12% takeout. So very horse player friendly here. How are we going to light this candle, my friend? Yeah, I think my creativity is going to start a little later in the sequence because um, I think this this is one of the legs and probably the only leg, in my opinion, that's relatively straightforward. Um, the number five, 19 amendment should win this race. If she could run back to really either of her first two starts of her career. Um, the, the second, the, her most recent race is a pretty productive affair. No one's really come back to win out of it, but they've all either maintained or improved their speed figure. Um, and the, I think the thing I like about her in this spot and why I would feel comfortable leaning on her pretty heavily is that 
as opposed to the first couple of starts where she was drawn inside. Now she's drawn outside the other speed in the race. And I think she'll get a nice stalking trip for, um, for these connections who are, are competing for leading trainer and leading owner at the meet. Um, the only horse that I could see using as a backup um, would be the number three wise and elegant. Uh, her one turf sprint that she ran as a two-year-old uh, puts her in the mix here in, in terms of figures. And then if you could project any improvement from two to three, um, she'd be right there, even with the favorite. And uh, Sibeli has okay numbers off the layoff. Um, the one horse I wouldn't be fooled by is the number nine, Silly Lily, because um, I think some people might go to her because she had a wide trip last time, but that was a slow race overall. And now she's got to cut back from from eight and a half furlongs to this to this turf sprint. And uh, I just think that's going to put her behind the eight ball. She's going to be pretty far back early on. So it'll be 19 Amendment, number five on top, and then the number three, Wise and Elegant, as a backup for me. We're awfully similar. 19 Amendment, which is, uh, with my constitutional knowledge, not that strong, but the uh, women's right to vote, is that what the 19th Amendment is? Um, looks like a very, very, very likely winner and would be almost all of my ticket the way I was seeing it. Trombetta, for me, is almost like a rises to the level of like a pet trainer where I just give everything that he sends out an extra look to somebody who I feel like has done a great job for a very long time and yet somehow in a lot of horse racing circles remains under the radar. I love it when that happens. I take your point about Silly Lily and I would avoid Silly Lily at three to one, but I think that is, I think Silly Lily is going to go off a lot longer. And just in that spirit of, Take the, I'm extremely confident 19 Amendment is the best speed. And if this falls apart just off that cutback, I think Silly Lily could be rolling late. So just a little bit of backup there. But I see what you're saying. I, I would avoid as a key, but I do think there's, you know, there, there's a certain pace scenario that could that could bring the nine into it. So just, just as a deep backup for me, I will have some nine. But we're basically in lockstep to kick this thing off. Let's go to the second race of the sequence. $16,000 claimers. Once again, five and a half on the turf. And once again, not you're not going to hear a lot of creativity from me on here because I think Stormtrap looks like the best speed and has the best figures. And when I see that in a turf sprint, I often don't go much farther. Am I uh, missing anything or the Stormtrap stand out in this spot, Michael? Yeah, Stormtrap, you know, he, he can definitely win, especially on the drop. Um, and far be it for me to be arguing with the Timeform U.S. pace projector. But um, I, I don't really necessarily see anything from his last race that makes me think he's going to be on the lead here. Um, I think this is more of a situation where the algorithm just has no idea who's going to be on the lead. And he's got kind of those dirt races that, that, that elevate him to the top. And I, and I wonder if, like he's a little too obvious that people go overboard on him and he's a little, and he presents kind of negative value. Um, so, yeah. So I, I started looking through the field of who I could take to oppose him. I don't, I even, I like the number two selecto even less um, actually, because that field that he beat at Tampa um, in the maiden claiming race was, was pretty dreadful and then did absolutely no running last time out. The number three cosmicality um, I could see winning if, he gets back to the races two and three back, but I didn't see anything in his in his most recent start like enough of an excuse to to go to go to him here. Uh, so there's that man Trombetta again. I landed on him in, in this spot as well with the number seven Mosler safe, and the case is pretty simple with this one. Um, his 
one turf race uh, is better than it's than the surrounding form around it uh, back in October of last year. Um, he's been working pretty well for his return pretty regularly since the middle of June. And uh, Trombetta has great numbers uh, coming off the layoff of 180 days or more uh, with his turf runners. So I wonder if uh, some of the some of the fast workouts that he's been putting in in preparation for this, maybe he can be the one that that takes the lead um, in this spot in a, in a race that's pretty pretty void of early pace. I think that's a great call. I was originally concerned a little bit by the 202 days off, but I mean this is carefully this is a horse that's you know carefully spotted is shipped in to run here. There's certainly other options for a horse like this. So uh, I'm going to follow you in and make Mosler safe a backup. At least what other numbers will you be using in here beyond the seven? Yeah, I'll use the four, um, the three, four and seven primarily. Um, and then I would use the number nine steel money um, as a, as a distant backup. Uh, this barn has done pretty well switching horses uh, dirt to turf at this meet. Good stuff. I love that point. Also, I like the term that you used. I'll steal that about the surrounding form. When, you, when you're looking at a horse's turf ability. Sometimes if you just look at raw figures, you can miss a horse that's just developed from the last time they were on a certain surface. But when you've seen them switch to a surface or go from one, you know, go, going back and forth, especially, and you see that that turf race is better, that does seem to tell you something a little bit. So I, I really... I really think that was a very intelligent case you made there for Mosler safe. I'm going to try to get out here for, and now seven, I'll make the seven a backup, but not a, not a deep backup for me. Almost, almost, you know, sort of like a B plus if we were doing it on a graded system, let's move to race number seven starter allowance company for Phillies and mares three and up. We turf sprint once again, and we'll keep it with you. Yeah, I think this is a, this is a race where, I, I, I fear taking too short a price on anybody. And I think the number 12 Dolce Chiara could be a, like kind of similar to storm trap in the last race where uh, just a lot of money flows in her direction. Um, I mean, she can win right back. She, she dominated a field of, at a similar level last time out a lot of a few common rivals uh, of today's affair, but she got a pretty perfect trip winning that race and i just don't want to take what could be around two to one in a in a 12 horse turf sprint um so i started looking for for options to oppose her uh, at least on the win end um, i would definitely use her as an a in terms of the pick five um I, at first i thought i was going to like the number 10 lily simone just because she was six to five in the in the race against um in the race against dolce chiara last time out but i didn't see anything in that trip that would make me think she's going to turn the tables today um, so actually, I, I landed on the number four Golden Isle, and I know that form line looks dreadful compared to the two runners that I already mentioned in that same race. But I think there was some some trouble that isn't really mentioned in the uh, in the short comment line. She broke a half to a length slow, which put her out of position, rushed up, and then had um, had a had one of the um, pace setters backing up on her on the far turn. Um, she made a little bit of a move into the into the race, like entering the stretch, but then tired out. And and then I think what happened was is Gallardo really, really um, led up on her, stopped stopped urging down the in the final sixteenth. And I really think that exaggerated the the margin of defeat, and could lead to to her being a better price today. So I landed on the number four Golden Isle on top. I'll use Dolce Chiara as as an A as well, and uh, Lily Simone as a B number 10. And then the last horse I would want to throw in on a, on a backup line is the number three beach house. 
Um, this mayor really likes it at Colonial. She's got all of her three wins and all, all five of her in the money finishes at the track. And one thing to note is she probably won't have to deal with the number five loopy who beat her last time since that uh, horse uh, ran at a Mountaineer on Sunday. I would doubt they would come back this quick. Um, so if, if she can get to the lead, uh, she's pretty dangerous as well. So I would, I would throw her, her in as a backup. So it would be four and 10 on the A line and three and four and 12 on the A line and three and 10 on the B line for me. Got it. We're very similar. I put Golden Isle on top as well. I thought it looked like the potential best speed, second time off the layoff. And I agree, you can ignore the last. Made the middle move into the hot pace, and it was off the layoff for me. Made other points about the trip, too. The 10, I do like the chances of the 10 to reverse form with the 12. And my case here was just dynamics. I I thought that run was a little bit early into that fast pace, and I was just willing to forgive it. And I think overall, you go back to those two previous runs, especially just very solid figures in form. So I I wanted fours and tens, basically. Um, I was just going to try to beat the 12 sort of similar logic to why you didn't want to make your top pick. I was just taking it to the, to the level of I'm so obvious elsewhere in the sequence that I'm looking for a favorite to beat. And I think, I thought the 12 could potentially get hung out and potentially be over bet. So yeah, four and 10 for me. And we'll move on to race number eight. where We've got another starter allowance going a five and a half with a big full field signed on in this spot. And I thought that the 11 Rebels Posse was just a big standout and and maybe a horse that you could even trust a little bit in here. I don't think the post is going to be any trouble. I think has the speed to to get away from there. Um, Michael Stidham, I mean, another trainer I just trust absolutely implicitly. And you want to talk about form lines, take a look at Rebel Posse. Doesn't have to run in behind uh, Cogburn today, uh, who obviously just came back and beat Caravel. So, uh, 11 Rebel Posse, major standout for me and a place I'm going to plant a flag in this pick five sequence. Am I overrating this one or am I on the right track? I think the decision you have to make in this spot is whether you think that the race that Rebel Posse and to a lesser extent, the number nine Peruvian lucky come out of is of significantly higher quality uh, than this field. And then the fields that their rivals are coming out of. Um, that isn't, that wasn't an, an, an allowance race. This is a starter, um, allowance race. So on paper, you would think it would be a little bit more of a class drop than, than actually I believe it is. And the reason I think so is just a little bit looking at the second and third place finishers in that race. I don't think that they're any great shakes. And, um, so I don't necessarily think it's as that the race, the, their most recent effort down to this level, I don't think that's as big of a class drop. Um, as it as it initially looks, um, so I, I, I obviously Rebel Posse is is super likely to win this race. I would use him as an A, but I tried to get a little bit more creative just because that was in the back of my mind when thinking about this race. That this is not necessarily as big of a class drop as it looks. Um, so I there's two other runners that I that I have on the A line. The first is that man Trombetta again, uh, number number eight by the seashore. I thought the run two back uh, was pretty impressive, even with the slight steady at the half mile pole to win that race. And then last time was caught a little bit behind a slow pace. Um, so I think that this is a, a logical, a logical alternative. If you don't believe that that Rebel Posse and 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 to a lesser extent Peruvian Lucky are, are better than this group, but my top pick is actually going to be another runner out of the, um, the the race that by the seashore exits, and that's the number five Valiant Vinny. 
Um, and I thought that the, 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 his win two back, I thought was pretty impressive uh, to be able to, to draw away in, in that turf sprint. And then last time I'm willing to draw a line through that effort because he didn't get to play his, his a game because he broke in air and then he rushed up on into the pace. And I just think that that, that put him behind the eight ball a little bit. And um, if he can break, he's, he's got a lot of speed. And so and I know there's some others towards the outside that might be able to press him, but um, the way he went wire to wire two back and then being able to draw a line through the last race, um, he's going to be uh, some value in this spot. So I had a five, eight, 11 is the, is the ones that I'll try to get through this leg with. 15 to one in the morning line for Valiant Vinny. If that one wins, we're looking at, you know, Julio get the stretch. So I'm, I'm easily convinced to throw in one on a backup line for me at that number. And uh, hopefully we can get through this leg and move it on to race number nine, uh, where we'll have a chance to uh, cash out here. We go long finally. Mile and an eighth, maiden claiming tens. When it comes to this pick five, Michael, how are we going to get paid? Yeah, I think the first thing to look at here would be um... – would be um, would be Schmier. Um, Schmier is probably the horse to beat in this race, coming off of that last effort. Um, but I wonder if um, I wonder if that is just a little bit dressed or not dressed up necessarily, but a little bit to the point that that was the that was the time to have him. Even though he didn't win, he was eight to one. Um, he made the move into the hot pace. And so I just thought that that was the race that he was set up to win. And now you're going to have to take less than half that half those odds in order for him to um, to win uh, this uh, on Thursday afternoon. Um, so I was kind of looking for an alternative in this spot. Um, and ultimately, uh, I thought that the race on July 20th was slightly better than the race on July 13th. So there's a couple of runbacks from each of those affairs coming into this race. Um, and, and notably, um, from, from the July 20th race, um, the number two ensign skip and the number 10 fleets Bay. Now I wouldn't argue with anyone that told me that, um, fleets Bay ran the better race that day, but I think there's some things that could cause those two to, to flip flop, um, on, on Thursday. And the first thing is that, Ensign Skip, the number two today, took a ton of money um, on July 20th, um, down to two to one in the face of of a favorite who who was close to, if not odds on. And um, and then the second factor is the flip flop in post positions. Um, so on that day, Ensign Skip had the outside post, and Fleet's Bay had a cozy draw on the rail. Whereas today, Fleet Fleet's Bay has to be outside, and Ensign Skip gets that uh, gets a post near near the inside. So I think um, Ensign Skip, number two, is going to present some value in that spot. Um, the second place finisher from their their most recent start came back to win with an improved speed figure and kind of dominated a lot of the, the same horses that exited um, the Schmier race. So that's that, those kind of form line um, Sudoku's, so to speak, are, are what I'm trying to piece together in order to, to land on someone outside of Schmier. I think it's creative and I like it. And I, I like that race too. And, and those were the 10 and the two were the horses I was interested in. I think the 10 will get an okay trip. Just looking at, uh, just looking at time form. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. I feel like the other, another thing we can look at here is extra ground and on, uh, on pedigree, at least I have a little bit more confidence in fleets Bay 
to get the extra ground than than I do instant skip. So that's why I had a 10-2. Do you think the, the time form pace projector could be right here about the 13 being able to make the top? Because this is a horse also on breeding, I thought could go better going farther. I felt like there's a built-in excuse the last day coming off the 238 days. I was tempted to throw in Darpino BC just for a penny at least on the idea that he might be able to, to, to shake loose. Is that, is that getting too creative in this spot? I have a 10 to 13. Yeah. I didn't have the 13 anywhere. Um, but what I will say is at colonial this meet, there have been plenty of horses that on paper, I would never have gotten to that ended up winning, especially in these, these nightcaps, these nightcaps oftentimes um, are, are big fields going a distance that's probably further than any of these these animals really want to go. Um, so it's, you'll either get things like that, what, what you're hoping for with this horse, where it's a wire job by a horse that has uh, that 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 gets off to an, an easy lead, or what happens a lot more often I've I've seen in these races is they they are completely falling apart at the end, and then you have a big long shot come up and and close them down. So um, Colonial Downs is definitely a track with with these big full fields that um, that some wonky things can happen and and I wouldn't put it past uh past this one to to be able to wire them. I probably would have some backup lines with Schmier. Are there any others you wanted to name check or have me put in your official picks that'll go out to our in the money plus people besides the two and the ten? Yeah, I would definitely have the nine uh Schmier as an A as well. Um I'd probably put the ten um Fleets Bay as a backup. Um, I, I actually think that I'm going to try to get through as, as uh, even though I just went on that soliloquy about, um, it could, it, it could be, it could get, you could have a wild horse win in, in the last race. I don't necessarily know if I could get to that one. So I'm going to try to get through it with the two nine as A's and the 10 as a B. Sometimes when you're really skinny, that's an opportunity. We, we had a lot of chat on Redboard rewind this week, and I suggest people check that out. 200th episode. We're very proud of Spencer around here you know with these podcasts michael i've seen them come i've seen them go so i'm very proud of spencer to keep the show going for 200 episodes but we had a a discussion about the all ball and i feel like this is a situation where as skinny as we are elsewhere you could have that you know just one line with all your a's to to the all here without spending all that much money it's not it's not a crazy situation to do it um if if you uh if you want to look at life that way so just just an idea to throw to throw out there in this spot but yeah obviously for most of the play it's good to have an opinion as maury wolf says all is not an opinion but that doesn't and that's correct but that doesn't mean there aren't times where it might be appropriate this might just be one of them let's very quickly look ahead to some of the stars we're going to be seeing on this saturday card want to make sure people are paying attention because it's going to be great stuff very much looking forward to having this as the second screen while sitting at Saratoga. You'll be lucky to be there in person for Arlington Million Day at Colonial Downs. Secretariat Stakes looks like some of the names seeing bandied about. Major Dude Nagarok, who scratched from here the other day. Mostache, international participation with Silver Knot. Um, Northern Invader, another one being mentioned for that. Any of those? I mean, obviously, I'm not asking you to give a pick in the Secretariat from this far out. We'll have a whole other show to do that. I think we're going to pull in uh, Jessica Paquette to do that one with us. But uh, any of those in particular you're looking forward to seeing run this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think in the Secretariat, um, 
I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Northern Invader can do. I think Cherie DeVoe's got had a, a had a pretty good year, especially with that division of her of her string, the three year old turf males. Um, and he was bet like he couldn't lose last time, and he certainly put in a performance like he couldn't lose last time. So I'm I'm, I'm curious to see what we we'll get from him on a on a pretty significant step up in class. Beverly D, some of the names, Romagna Mia, Mizansen, Didia, Spenderella, one of my favorites, Gina Romantica, and Fev Rover going in. Any standouts from this far out? I, I'm a big uh, fan of Didia, uh, especially due to the fact that she um, kind of came over and, and got her got her start in America at Colonial Downs. She put forth a couple performances um, last summer over here that were just, just fantastic, and... Um, and then she she could have got that grade one last time out um, if there was any pace at all in the New York, but um, I'm I'm kind of I have a soft spot for her. Um, I hope I hope that she can get it done uh, get it done on Saturday. Again, we'll discuss this thoroughly as we go on. But before we get out of here today, quick look at the early potential noms, not noms, potential entries for the grade one Arlington Million. And thanks to our friends at HorseRacingNation.com and their stakes tracker. That's where I'm stealing all this info from. Strong quality, Master of the Seas, Atone, Set Piece, Adamo, Santine, and Rock Emperor listed uh, amongst the probables. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, of those probables, I, I know for a fact that uh, strong quality is likely to enter and run due to the fact that uh, Colonial Downs on Twitter put out that um, Cassie had already had uh, Fev Rover for the Beverly D and then Strong Quality on site um, at Colonial. Um, I think he's had a couple sneaky trips. I, you know, like like you've mentioned a couple times, we got to make sure we see how everything draws out um, and and what the competition is. But he's had some some dirtied up form previously and and looks like he's been pointed to this spot. Um, so I can see myself being interested in him. When will we have PPs for this card? They draw today. Yeah, they draw today, so it should be. Um, should be sometime late this afternoon. Terrific. Who knows? Uh, maybe I'll even do some written analysis of this, either on the plus side or our friends over at attheraces.com. Want to see how the field's drawn. We'll make some decisions about that. Michael, I'm late for my 9 o'clock, so uh, we got to cut this short. But it was great catching up with you. You hear the way Michael analyzes a race. It's uh, very much in the, in, the, in the classic mode, using some of the modern tools like Timeform U.S., and if you want more from Michael, you can read him every day on InTheMoneyPodcast.com. Looking forward to talking to you again very soon, my friend. Sounds good, Pete. Thanks for having me. For Michael Dombable, for our friends at Colonial Downs, I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos. <laughs>